Welcome, welcome, welcome to Parkview. Welcome to all of our campuses. Welcome to our Homer campus. It's going great. New Lenox campus. This is really just week two uh, for our New Lenox campus. Week one official. I mean, they started at Christmas Eve. Week one uh, last week, we thought well, we'll start with two services, see what happens. Overflow at both services, people driving in, not being able to get in and having to leave again. So we've never done this before. In the middle of the week, we added a service. So everybody had a completely new service. Three services at New Linux. Way to go, you guys. Keep them going. Keep them going, man. It's, it's just going great. We had over 9,000 people last weekend in all our campuses worshiping. It's the first time we've ever done that. Uh, just a, it's just a great start to our new year. We're glad that you're here, glad that you're watching online. Let's talk, okay? Jeff Foxworthy used to say, I, I used to think when she said, let's talk, it meant we need to talk. After years of marriage, I've realized that we need to talk does not mean that we need to talk. It means that she needs to talk and I need to listen, When she says, I need to talk, Jeff says, I respond exactly the same way I do when I get pulled over by the police. I look straight ahead, I give short yes or no answers, and I wait to find out what I've been accused of. (laughs) Here's what we're doing, okay? We're doing, uh, I mean, we're all thinking about New Year's resolutions. It's a new year. How's the new year going to look any different than the old year? All those kinds of things. And we've been talking about the fact that Jesus said the most important resolutions are to love God and to love each other. Those are the ones that last forever. Those are the most important thing. Finances, important. We want to help you with that. Accomplishing your work goals are important. Getting your tight pants on might be important. But the most important resolution that you will make has to do with relationships. Nobody ever gets, I've never been beside someone on a deathbed in a hospice care situation and had them say, boy, I wish I would have worked more. I wish I would have bought that convertible. In the end, it's all about your family and the people that you love and your relationships. And if you have Jesus, they last forever. And by the way, you get a new body when you get to heaven. Don't you remember that? Okay. Do you realize that? No more apple cider vinegar in heaven. Can I get a hallelujah? That stuff stinks, man. No more kale, no more quinoa. My wife's got us on okra now. We're eating okra. I'm like, can we fry it like my mom used to? She's from Arkansas. No, no, we can't fry it. What's the point? I don't understand. I'm getting a new body someday anyway. We want to help you with the important stuff. We're here to help you with your relationship with God, always primary concern for us. I'm just going to tell you, first week of February, I'm going to do the three-chair sermon again. Every two years, I do this sermon. If you've been here, you've heard it. If you haven't, you know you need to be a part of it. It's just kind of a way to jumpstart our relationship with God. It's just a great sermon to kind of bring everything together, invite people first weekend of February as we get things rolling into a new small group season and all the things that we're getting ready to do. Don't miss that, okay? We're going to help you with that. But in the month of January... We're trying to focus on the second most important commandment, love the people around you. I mean, it's translated as love your neighbor as yourself, but remember it was in the Greek. So the Greek word plesion means near, nearby. I don't want anybody thinking, well, I'm supposed to love my neighbor. I don't have to love the people inside my house, okay? That's not how it works. Sometimes you can fake it with the people next door, but the people indoors are your family, however that works, they're the ones that should be the priority, and I said this, none of your resolutions out for the new year, outside of loving God, none of them are going to be as important as making sure your indoor relationships are as good as they can be. And we've talked last week about the second law of thermodynamics. This is what's behind every New Year's resolution that there is. 
Second law of thermodynamics in, in science is the natural tendency of any isolated system will degenerate. It's not going to regenerate. It's going to degenerate into a more disordered, not more ordered, but a disordered state. That's what's going to happen. Every system left alone to itself is not going to get better. It's going to get worse unless you work on it, okay? So we're using the analogy of Fixer Upper, the show on television where they go in and remodel your home, kind of making the analogy to the home and how it's all working and how, how it's all supposed to happen. Because if you don't fix and remodel your house, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And that's true for the relationships with the people inside your house as much as it is the roof or the carpeting or the decorating. The dumbest sentence in human literature and they all lived happily ever after. That's just not possible unless you work at it and work hard at it. So we talked last week about the foundation, how important the foundation is. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, not just hears them, but does them, will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. That's, that, that's, how we, that's how the foundation is supposed to work. And when that works that way, it helps your house to stand because there's going to be storms. We talked about that. Today we're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about the wiring, the electrical system in your house. The Bible says the tongue has the power of life and death. Does that sound like a little bit over-exaggerated? Life and death, really? The, the words that I say, communication, yeah, life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You can, you can either eat its fruit or you can pay the consequences. And of course, this is probably, you know, I mean, this, this was a long time ago. Now let's talk about communication with our thumbs, right? With the texting and with, with email and, you know, Facebook and, and Snapchat and all the things that we do to communicate these days. Uh, it, maybe it's our fingers as well as our tongue, but you get the idea. How is our wiring? Hey, let me explain to you the basic single phase electrical system in your house, okay? Whether you understand this or not, you need to know this is simple two-wire cable idea with the ground wire in there, all right? This is how the whole thing works. There is, first of all, a hot wire. A hot wire is exactly what you would think it is. It's the wire where the power is coming into your house. Turn to the person next to you and say, Sandy, you're a hot wire. Yeah, okay. If you weren't here last week, you need to keep up with the sermons online. That's all I'm saying. Every interaction that you have, a text, an email, a spoken word, even every look you give is a hot wire. They tell us that 55% of communication is nonverbal. Everything that we do is a hot wire. My granddaughter can't talk yet, but she can communicate. She's got a hot wire right there. Look at that. She's communicating. She's saying, hello, I'm adorable. But look at her mom. Her mom is communicating too. Her mom is saying, oh, brother, this is going to be a long life. Right? Payback for you, Lauren. You can see that right there. No words. Doesn't even matter. Here's why this is important. Inside the home and outside the home. This is why the Bible talks so much about communication and says it's so important. James, Jesus' brother, wrote a book in the New Testament. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Uh, does that sound over-exaggerated? I mean, first of all, obviously nobody's perfect because nobody's ever never at fault with what they say. But if they're 
never at fault, they're perfect, they're able to keep their whole body in check. In other words, what you're communicating, how you communicate is the most important thing about you, James is saying. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take a ship as an example. Although they are large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Your body, your life, your home, a ship, a horse, whatever it is, very powerful. A lot of things could happen, good or bad, and you have the ability with your communication to make it happen however you want to. That's why it's that important. Every piece of communication that happens in your home is a part of the hot wire. And it will be up to you, to a certain degree, whether it's good or bad. But the problem is, it's not always up to you because there are other people in your family. There are other people in your indoor relationships, whether you live with them or not. There are other people in your relationships, and their communication is a hot wire. Which leads me back to our diagram. All right, There's a hot wire, and then there is the neutral wire. Now, the neutral wire and the hot wire are exactly the same in some respects because they both carry current and they both make a circuit, which is a circle of power. That's what that means. But what the neutral wire does is it takes the power and it transfers that power to other devices, to other places in your home, and it keeps the circle of power going. So while you may not have complete control over how the hot wire always comes into your house, you always, because there's other people that are coming in, you always have control about how you deal with communication as it comes in. And I think one of the most important resolutions you could make, we could make in 2017, may be this concept of the neutral wire. The neutral wire that, that loops the, con, the, 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 the loops the whole idea of communication back around the power, back around to how it happens. And please remember, communication is not what you say, it's what the listener understands about what you say. Okay? I raised three daughters and I have a wife. Okay? So I had this plaque up in my house. If I say something that can be interpreted in two ways, and one of those ways makes you sad or angry, I meant the other way. <laughs> okay? I'm, because it didn't always go the way that I, that I wanted it to. But the truth is I could point to the plaque, but it didn't really matter. Because, because how I communicate it is only part of it. How they interpret it is the other. So let me give you some key words as you consider how to be the neutral wire in your home to keep communication going in your home and to keep from starting a fire. All right? Neutral wire qualities from the Bible. If you're going to be a believer, if if you're going to follow Jesus, this is what Jesus is telling us, the Bible's telling us, we ought to be able to do as we communicate with each other. The first quality is acceptance. Acceptance. We established last week that the people who live in our house ain't right. We established that. And we established that we ain't right. They are Sandy. How many of you got called Sandy this week? Okay. That's good. I got complaints from a whole bunch of people. You can't build your house on those other people because they ain't right. They've got problems. They're imperfect. And so are you. That's why we build on the rock of Jesus. That's what was so important about last week. But what does that look like? They're not right. So what does that mean? Well, the Bible says we should accept one another like Christ accepted us. We don't build on the sand, we build on Christ, but Christ accepted us building on him. And he also accepted the other people in your home building on him. And trying to think that you're going to change everybody else is the first line that we've got to get past if we're going to have effective communication in the home. 
Nervous bride was really freaking out about her, her wedding ceremony. She just didn't know she could get through it. Pastor said, listen, just concentrate on one thing at a time. He said, when you're, when you're back at the back, just concentrate on the aisle, okay, or, or, on, on, on the aisle. That's all you got to do. Just walk to the aisle, and your dad's going to meet you there, and you're going to be there. First thing is just concentrate on the aisle. And then when you're there and you're walking down the aisle, concentrate on the altar. Just look at the altar up on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the stage. Just do that and look at the altar. And then when you get to the altar, then you turn and you focus on your groom. You, you focus on him. That's all you got to do. Just focus on those three things. So nervously, she's walking down the aisle, muttering to herself loudly enough for everybody to hear, I'll alter him. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but that's not the point. What you need to do is you need to accept him. What you need to do is accept her like Jesus accepted you. What, what did that look like? It looked like that's what love is supposed to be about. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's how it's supposed to happen. It starts with acceptance, okay? And we have to understand that that person's not perfect. The hot wire might be coming in with some attitude, with some things going on, but the first place we start if we're going to be the neutral wire is acceptance. The second one is empathy. It's empathy, Sometimes we need to put ourselves in the place of the other person. Psychologist Les Parrott tells teachers when he talks to them that, that they ought to get down on their knees and walk around their classroom on their knees so they can understand what the perspective is like as a third grader instead of what the perspective is like up here. I would encourage you to think about that in your marriage, in your family. I mean, women, can you imagine what it would be like to be a man? Guys, can you imagine what it's like to be a woman? Two words, bikini wax. That's all I got to say, right? Okay. Empathy is perhaps the toughest work of building a strong family. But the Bible tells us that we should do nothing out of selfish ambition. I read this at every wedding. I read this at my three daughters' weddings. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. This, this scripture is about Jesus and about what he did coming down to be a part of us and giving us empathy. And, and, and what that means is, uh, the hardest part of communication to me is effective listening. Listening. That's really hard. Because usually when the hot wire's coming in hot and there's a communication issue that could happen, what are we doing? Instead of listening, I am thinking about what I'm getting ready to say next. Aren't you doing that? I'm debating. I'm not really listening. That's not empathizing. I'm thinking about what my comeback is going to be. And boom, there starts the fire. Renowned psychologist Dr. Paul Turnier said, it is impossible to overemphasize the immense need that we all have to be listened to, to be taken seriously, and to be understood. He said, no one can develop freely and fully in this world and find a full life without being understood by at least one person. And you know that one person ought to be the person that's in your house. It ought to be somebody in your house. Empathy. Third one is forgiveness. What do we pray? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. See, the problem that happens in the wiring in our home is 
He's, he's, the problem may be started by the hot wire, but more often than not, the fire that gets started is because the neutral wire has a hard time being the neutral wire. And the continued loop has a problem. It gets broken. It has a problem. And please know that I'm not talking about abuse. Turning the other cheek is not about letting someone talk badly to you or treat you badly all the time. There are times, that is exactly the time, when it's time to trip the breaker, okay, and call an electrician, a.k.a. a pastor, a counselor, somebody to help you and get some professional help. It's so amazing. Nick, our Mr. Fixer-Upper, you know, not, doesn't flip the breaker off before he fixes the light, and he gets zapped. I promise you, I couldn't make this up. I did that to myself this week. You would think that if I know I'm preaching, using electricity as an illustration that week, and I was working on something electrical in my house, that I would flip the breaker off. You would think that, wouldn't you? But that would be assuming that I have at least half a brain, which obviously I don't. I, I redid both of our bathrooms, which is easy to do when nobody lives at your house. You just use one bathroom and remodel the other one. And in the middle of you know, retiling and everything, I thought, I'm going to put a heated floor in. Because it really wasn't very hard. And I thought, you know, my girls are always complaining about how cold it is in Chicago now that they moved away. So I'll put the heated floor in so they're happy when they come home. They want to come home and see me. And, of course, one of them stopped working. So the one that stopped working, I thought, well, here's what I'll, I'll, first thing I'll do is I'll figure out if it's the thermostat or the controller or whatever that thing is, right? So I take the thermostat off the one that's, that's working, and, and, which is no big deal. I mean, it just got, you know, two, just got a power wire and a neutral wire and a ground wire. Just take them off, cap them back up again. Didn't turn the breaker off. But I went over to the other one, and the other one's wired into two light switches. And I had to get the wire through, you know, the box inside of there. So I ask you, did I turn the breaker off? No, of course not. Instead, I played operation, you know, in the, in the light switch is basically what it is, right? And at one point, I lost. I got, I got zapped. So I ask you, did I turn the breaker off then? No, of course not. Because I'm a man and men are morons. I mean, I, I'm not going to walk down two flights of stairs and turn the breaker off because then if I get it fixed, i got to go two flights of stairs down and turn it back on again. Instead, I'm going to sit there and play operation on the thing. Listen, the breaker is there for a reason. And sometimes you need to disconnect the power so that you can work on what's wrong. Please don't be a moron like your pastor and seek some professional help. There's no shame in it. My wife and I, the truth of the matter is, my wife and I spent more money hiring counselors than we have electricians. At least we're smart about that part of our life. My obituary will say he was killed doing home improvement, but his marriage was awesome. That's okay. That's great. Seriously, I'm going to go see my counselor on Monday. You're like, what? Are you all screwed up? No, I'm not screwed up because I get help for the things that I need to process in my life. And you should too. Please don't hesitate to do that. But back to communication. In my house, again, the biggest problem is not when the hot wire comes in hot and is throwing attitude. The problem starts when somebody, usually me, wants to stick it back to Sandy, the hot wire, and can't be the neutral wire. But if we can accept and empathize and forgive that other person, we can keep a lot of fires from starting in our house. Do not take revenge, the Bible says, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge I will repay, says the Lord. So you've got to decide who's in charge. 
my wife used to lead our, our worship service. She was our worship programming director. And one day she was, she was leading the service and she was reading the scripture. And she, the first line of the scripture was, I am the Lord. And she read it kind of dramatically and had a little pause just long enough for a little four-year-old girl named Emily, promised this happened, to turn to her mom and whisper loud enough for her whole section to hear, she is the Lord? <laughs> I just turned to her and said, welcome to my world, Emily. <laughs> I'm kidding, I didn't say that. There's only, we have to decide who's going to be in charge. Who's going to be the Lord? Who's going to deal with everything that's going to happen? Who's going to deal with the people that need to be dealt with? And if we can get over being the Lord, if we can get over being the person that thinks we have to do that, it's going to save a lot of fires in our house. And I'm just guessing at this, but I'm guessing that, that Jesus is going to deal with that person in the same way that he dealt with you, that he deals with you, with a ton of grace. I'm just guessing about that. But that's what he usually does. Accept one another as Christ accepted you. Forgive one another as Christ forgave you. Empathize with each other like Jesus did, coming all the way down at Christmas time to be a baby and living among us so that he could feel what it felt like to be us. That, that's what Jesus does. But our most immediate and natural response is we want to attack back. And unfortunately, as indoor people, we know each other's weak spots. Better than anybody else. We know each other's Achilles heel. You ever have those moments when somebody says something to someone in your family, somebody outside your family says something to your family member, and you're like, wait, wait a minute, you, can talk to my, you can't talk to my sister like that. You can't talk to my dad like that or my kids like that. I can, but you can't. You ever have those moments? And then i got to ask you, does that make any sense whatsoever? I mean, it's especially terrible when we claim to follow a Savior who would never talk to them or us like that. Neutral wire's last quality, encouragement. <clears throat> I mean, even if you got good at those other things, there's still so much more of that that we could do. Everybody needs encouragement. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, the Bible says. How can you do that? Think of some ways as you start 2017. How can you encourage the people around you, especially your indoor people? How can you encourage them more? Maybe it's just to say those three magic words. Let's eat out. <laughs> I love you. You know what I'm saying. Come on. Somebody, somebody listed life's most meaningful words. I love you. You're wonderful. It's benign. War is over. It's a boy. It's a girl. Thank you. All is forgiven. God bless you. Welcome home. Good morning. Merry Christmas. You passed the test. You're right. I do. You're hired. Will you marry me? I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and my Lord and Savior. Words can change your life, and they can change everybody else's life as well. The Bible says it this way, the right word spoken at the right time is, like a, is as beautiful as gold apples in a silver bowl. Okay. A beautiful decoration, whatever the most de beautiful decoration that you could have, the right words spoken at the right time. Or you can use the wrong words, 
Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, and it, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by such a small spark. You see, you can decide if you're going to, if you're going to do apples, beautiful apples and a decoration with your words, or if you're going to start a fire. You've got to decide what you're going to do. And obviously, I have this up here. So uh, take those things off because they're a pain. I don't like anything that has to do with safety. So if you're going to start a, if you're going to start a fire... You got to decide what you're going to do, right? So, so, so Sandy, the hot wire comes in, and you got to decide. Well, what am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, am I going to get back? Am I going to be the neutral wire, or am I going to be a hot wire back and start a fire? Thank you. Let's try it again. You know why it's not working? Because this ain't gasoline. What are you people, crazy? <laughs> it's apple juice. You got a hot wire coming in. You got to decide. What are you going to do? Are you going to pour apple juice on it or are you going to pour gasoline on it? Do you want it to look beautiful? Do you want your home to be a place of comfort and care and love and forgiveness and acceptance and empathy and encouragement? Or are you going to blow the place up? It's really that simple. That's all there is to it. You've got to decide what you're going to do. And that's what the neutral wire qualities are all about. They're going to come in. People are going to come into your life. And they're going to be the hot wire and it's not going to be that great. And you've got to decide what you're going to do with it. I'm going to tell you may feel good to throw gasoline and a match on that situation, but many of you know what it looks like when that flame gets started and you have no idea where it's going to end up. And you also don't know how much time you have. I read this this week. A woman lost her husband at age 52 to a drunk driver. And this woman interviewed her. She said Carol's husband was killed in an accident driving home from work. Drunk driver high blood alcohol, her husband died instantly, you know, the drunk driver walked away. Other ironic twists, it was Carol's 50th birthday, and Jim had two plane tickets to Hawaii in his pocket. He was going to surprise her. Instead, he was killed by a drunk driver. So I asked her, how, how have you survived this? Her eyes welled up with tears. I thought I'd said the, right, the wrong thing, but she gently took my hand and said, no, I want to tell you. The day I married Jim, I promised him I would never let him leave the house in the morning without telling him that I loved him. And he promised the same thing. It got to be a joke between us. And as babies came along, it got to be a hard promise to keep. And we had fights, and it was a hard promise to keep. I remember running down the driveway saying, I love you, through clenched teeth when I was mad. I remember driving to his office to put a note in his car. It became like a funny challenge. I made a lot of memories trying to say I love you before noon every day of our married life. The morning Jim died, he left a birthday card in the kitchen and slipped out to the car. I heard the engine starting. I thought, oh, no, you don't, Buster. And I raced out and banged on the car window until he rolled it down. Here, I said, on my 50th birthday, Mr. James E. Garrett, I, Carol Garrett, want to go on record as saying, I love you. And that's how I survived knowing that the last words I said to Jim were, I love you.
So if you love someone, tell them now. Call them. Drive down to their office. Rent a billboard and tell them. Lord, remind me today, the writer wrote, and every day to say I love you out loud to the people I love. There's one more wire. One more wire that's really important to what happens in that circuit, and uh, most people don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. It's the, it's the ground wire. It doesn't really carry the power unless it needs to, but here's what, here's what the Internet told me about grounding. Grounding is the method of giving electricity the most effective way to return to the ground via the service panel. You see, the current flows from the panel and the outlet to the device to power it up. The neutral wire is the return path for the unused current, and it goes through the other devices. And the ground wire is the additional path for the electrical current to return safely to the ground without danger to anyone in the event of a short circuit. So, um, other home improvement experts like me, sometimes you get uh, to the situation where you've got a three-prong cord and you don't have enough room to get it to the three-prong plug, but you've got one of these little bad boys, it's all you've got, and you try to plug it in, and what do you do? I'm not, I'm not saying that I've ever done this ever before in my life, but usually what we end up doing is uh, just a little helpful hint. You can cut that little tab off of there, and then you can plug this thing in just like that, okay? And, and it works. I'm, I'm telling you that it works. It, it, it's really dumb, but it works because what does that mean? That means whatever this was, this was plugged into, was supposed to be grounded, but now it's not grounded because obviously that thing's just hanging out there and you're plugging it into the wall. Now, not everything is supposed to be grounded. You know, some of your appliances aren't meant that way, but if the cord had three prongs in it, that meant there was supposed to be a ground wire that it was attached to, and it was supposed to go back to the ground. They call it an earth wire in the UK. It's supposed to go back into the ground where everything is safe, so it doesn't matter if the current's all messed up, there's some place to ground it. Usually the people that do this are, you know, the Clark Griswolds of us who are trying to make everything happen and let's try to avoid it. Maybe the ground isn't important, but maybe it is. Fires start when you throw gasoline on the situation and light a match, but they also start when the wires aren't properly grounded. Hello. Pretty simple sermon path there, isn't there? Well, let's just read it again. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does what does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was grounded, because it had been founded on the rock, because it has some place to go to. The Old Testament writer of Psalms said, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. I want to encourage you in 2017, to make grounding your indoors, grounding your family, grounding your marriage a priority. Make a commitment to be grounded in 2017. Come to church every week. Get involved in a small group. We're going to start some more in February as we launch another series. Set aside some time when you can read God's word and pray every day. We'll help you with that. Turn over your finances to God by bringing the first fruits back to him in worship. Find a way to serve together, maybe even together as a family. Great way for you to be grounded in 2017. Then if there's a short circuit, then if something else happens, you've always got the foundation. You've got the grounding. You've got the wire that's keeping everything from catching on fire in your home. At communion time, we remember that 
Jesus forgave me, so I'm supposed to forgive others, right? What did it cost him to forgive? It cost him his life. So why is it so hard for me to forgive, to love the people that live inside the house with me, the people that are in my family. Maybe they don't even live there anymore. Why is that difficult? It shouldn't be. shouldn't be hard for me to empathize with them because Jesus did me. shouldn't be hard for me to accept them because he did me. shouldn't be hard to forgive them because he did me. shouldn't be hard to encourage them because he does encourage me. And it happens when we say what we need to say. So let's do that right now. I threw in Peter's good confession in those most important words we say. I want to invite you, if uh, you believe this, to repeat that after me. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and he is my Lord and Savior. Let's pray together and we'll have communion. Lord, I can't believe I get convicted by John Mayer today. That's ridiculous. Um, but I think it's um, convicting of the Holy Spirit in my life that I could be doing a better job. And maybe for everybody in here, it's one of those issues specifically for me. I think it's just the encouragement. It's just easy to go on and not do that. Whatever it is in our lives, Lord, help us to realize how, how, how easy it is to start fires in our home, how easy it is for the, the, for the things to, to get out of kilter and get out of whack. And, and Lord, we've all seen fires burn the place down. Be with us. There are people that have been a part of that. There are people whose homes are no longer intact because of that. I want to pray for them as they start over, as they start uh, afresh. I know there are people listening to me who are the only grounded person in their whole home, and, and the people, their other indoor people aren't there. Lord, help them to be the neutral wire. Help them to have the power to do that, to show the other people how important it is to be grounded and to be, have a foundation that goes down to the rock. Let the other people be able to see the rock. Lord, for all of us, we remember as we take communion, this is a grounding time for us. We give everything that's happened in the last week to you, all of our good things and all of our many bad things, all of our failures, all of our victories, and we give them to you and we start over right now and we plug all three prongs in to you and we are grounded in you. Be with us as we do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.